your content on your platforms help you get more content elsewhere. When you get content elsewhere, it brings people to you, so you're growing your audience on your own platform. Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to the Mindful and Bootless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset, the strategies, and the tactics in order to develop a full-stack life. Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Sagi Schreiber. I'm a designer and entrepreneur and the host of the show. Our guest today is an award-winning journalist and PR expert with more than a decade of experience in TV and media. She's been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, The Huffington Post, Yahoo, Time, CNN, News 12, more and more and more <laughs> media outlets. So in this interview, she and I talked about how to utilize mainstream media as PR as solopreneurs. This is definitely something I've been digging into lately, um, so this interview comes at the perfect time for me. If you've ever wondered how to get more exposure for your business and for yourself, you know, as a personal brand, you'll really find this interview super useful, both also on the strategic level and on the tactics level. So ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to present to you Christina Nicholson. Let's get mindful and ruthless. What's up, my phones with peeps? I'm Sagi Schreiber here, and with me is Christina Nicholson. What's up, Christina? Hi, Sagi. Thanks for having me. For sure. And I'm really, really happy to have you here. And we're going to talk about super interesting stuff. And so, Christina, I'm super, super happy to have you here. And I, I know that, like, we have so much to talk about. But before, like, we begin, let's begin by, like, how about you introduce, introduce yourself to people who don't know you in the group? Okay, so my name is Christina Nicholson, and I live in Florida in the United States. Um, my career is in TV and in the media. I started as a reporter and anchor, and I did that for about 10 years. I got out of the business because I was looking for a more flexible schedule, so I got into public relations. And after working at an agency for six months, I decided to start my own. So I have a public relations agency. I also help mentor new entrepreneurs, startups, smaller business owners, solopreneurs on how they can be their own publicist if they don't have a budget to pay an agency yet. And then you can still see me on TV. I still do a lot of um, hosting work as well. Cool. Um, and that, you know, having like your, you have so many things going on right now. So you, you're also um, blogging, you have time to put out content and you have time to help others put out their content. Like, um, and you're also a mom, right? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Just life, you know, that happened. Um, so, like, how do, you, how do you run your life? Like, it's pretty interesting that you have so much going on. Like, I also do have a lot going on. But do you have, like a, um, like, a specific way of, like, tuning in? And, like, do you have every day a specific theme that you're working on? Like, this day is the agency. This way is the, this day is, like, content. Right. So let me explain why I do so much. Like you mentioned, you know, I do the, the blogging and creating my own content and videos and all that. And I do that because the media industry has changed so much, especially in the last year, two, three years, that public relations is so much more than you just pitching yourself and being in the media. You need to look at your own media 
and your own media needs to look good before anybody else is going to give you attention. So like Soggy, before you invited me to come here with you, you probably checked out my social media or my website. And if all of it looked terrible, you would not have invited me on here to speak with you and your audience. So that's why it's so important to make sure your media looks good if you want other people to put you on their media. So that's why I do it all. And I'm very organized about it because it is a lot. It's a lot of work. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing my own marketing and then I am doing my own sales and then I'm doing my own servicing, but I have built a team over the years to help me with a lot of this. Um, so I live and die by my Google calendar. If it is not <laughs> in the Google calendar, it is not getting done. Yeah. I, I wish I could batch my days better, but instead I kind of just time block different things. So you know, before I had this call with you, I had call, a call with um, some other people that we know in yeah. a program that we are um, in together. Yeah. Yeah. And so those in my Google calendar, they're yellow and yellow means focus. And that's like where I create my videos. I write my blog posts. Those are more focused content creation strategies to grow. You know, if I have to do something for a client that's servicing, that's pink. If it's admin work, it's purple. So yeah. I, I think just if you are doing a lot, and I know a lot of your audience is doing a lot because they're small business owners, I think the best way to get work done quickly and strategically is to time block things. Yeah, totally. Like I, that's something that I really also like, um, like try to do as much as I can. And also t time block things with my family. Do you time block things with your family? Well, I try to give myself certain office hours and yeah. that can be hard when you work from home. And especially when you have <laughs> iPhones, yeah. telephones, you get on and you can do all of your work from there. Yeah. I do try to clock in and clock out uh -huh. um, the best that I can. It is tricky when you are your own business owner and you are doing things at different times. Um, but when I'm not working, then that is family time. And again, this all goes with the Google calendar too. So when you, you can even schedule family time or you just schedule work and you are a hundred percent focused on the work that you're doing when you're doing it. So when you are having family time, you're not thinking about what you need to do next or what you need to get done because you just trust it's in the calendar and it's going to get done as scheduled. Yeah. All right, cool. So that was kind of like a warm up, just talking about productivity and such. And, um, but of course, like that, we would love to talk about like PR. That's why, um, that's why I brought you on and you know, you're like this PR expert and I'm, I basically know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so anyways, um, I know nothing about PR, right? And I have my business and, and my business is growing. I mean, you probably know, uh, at least part of my story or, or, um, how I came up and right now what I'm doing with mindful and ruthless and, you know, interviewing entrepreneurs and, and having this, uh, like all that I'm doing. But the thing I'm thinking all the time is like, if I want press, I need some kind of um, story, right, for the press, like something that I would be interested in. And I, I never seem to, to have that. I'm like, I'm just like an entrepreneur. Okay, like tons of other entrepreneurs exist. Um, what kind of crazy thing can I pull off to, to get media's attention? Like, what's your suggestion there for solopreneurs? Okay, so let's talk about you specifically because you just said, you know, you have to have a story and I don't know what yeah. my story is. 
for you because you are in the service industry and you are providing a service for people. Um, you, the low hanging fruit for you would be being quoted as an expert in your industry. So whenever any journalist is doing a story on design or even branding or even marketing, because that's what you do. You help people with their marketing by creating something for them to market. You are there to share your expertise and you will be quoted as an expert. And when you're quoted, we'll say your name, we'll link back to your website or even better, a, a blog post that's specific to maybe a quote that you shared. So you get that link back and that helps your SEO because you're getting a link back from a prominent website. So that tells Google you're important. So you're going to show up higher in the search. And the reason I say instead of linking back to your homepage, maybe a blog post about the quote you're giving is because when I, I wrote for Inc. Magazine for a couple of years and they never wanted to link back to somebody's homepage because it was too promotional and they don't want to look like they're promoting somebody because yeah. their job is to give value to their audience, to educate them and to entertain right. them, not to promote somebody. So Soggy, if you are giving a quote on... Let's, let's use podcast art, for example, because you okay. just need some amazing <laughs> podcast art for an upcoming podcast that I'm starting. So yes. say um, you're talking about how to make podcast art stand out. Say somebody's writing about that. Yeah. And you give a quote on make the background a bright color. That's, that's your expert advice. Instead of linking to the homepage of your website, maybe you have an, a blog post about the importance of colors and graphic design or the importance of standing out online when you are one thumbnail of many. Something that just gives the reader more information about that little quote you shared because you're more likely to get a link back if you share a link to a blog post like that than you are just going to your homepage where your homepage really won't offer any additional value. It'll just yeah. promote you. So yeah, that, that's my advice on that. But before you even start promoting yourself and giving these expert quotes, you need to get clear on what your goal is and what your target audience is. So if your goal is to build your email list, then you definitely want to focus online and you want to focus on your audience. If your audience is fellow business owners, then you want to be promoting yourself to those outlets that target those small business owners. And then that's where you share your expertise to journalists because they need people like you. They're not graphic designers. They're not branding experts. So they need quotes from you. So the, my question is like about that. Um, it's like right now, like I, I had hacking UI, which is like, was, it was a major blog, uh, in the design industry. And, um, I wrote, like content pieces now, um, you know, as a solopreneur or entrepreneur or anybody like, even like some people listening to the show still have their day jobs and their families and everything. So when you have time, you write, you make content, right? You make your art. And then um, when you write, you, you should decide whether you write those small quote pieces for other um, blogs or you write for yourself. And I found out every time I wrote this kind of quote, I got like, I got put out like in the middle of the, of the section in like tons of, buried in tons of other quotes and like uh yeah you know of course i'm being like kind of like you know uh put there like as, as a spot leader in the industry but you know how many people actually how many eyeballs does that article get i might actually create a very nice piece of article spend all my time doing that put that on medium in some nice publication 
and um, and get like so one of my uh, articles now has over 25,000 uh, views there like on medium and it was published like in last year um, so I'm like I'm thinking about and that brings me traffic and I guess maybe that brings me SEO I have no idea but um, I'm saying like do, do you have like your you probably have an opinion about this thing yeah I think you should be doing both because uh -huh. One, one thing is you always want to be promoting people. You always want to be using your own platform to promote yourself to your people. You know what I mean? Again, going back to the example of when you look at my content, you want to make sure that I am posting content and it's up to date and it looks good or you're not going to think very highly of me. I had a client who was this close to getting on Good Morning America and Good Morning America looked at her website and her website looked very amateur and they yeah. said, we can't put you on, like we can't endorse you because your website doesn't look good. So you do wanna make sure that your stuff on your platforms look good because if it doesn't, then nobody else is gonna be interested in covering you. I'm just saying, talking to a designer, look good you mean like have fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yeah. look okay. good. Like if it doesn't look good, first you need to hire Soggy so he can make it look good. <laughs> And then second of all, it needs to, it needs to, you know, show that you are an expert in your industry. You need yeah. to have a good digital footprint. Um, cool. And then you also want to be promoted to another audience. It's great to promote yourself on your platforms. You should be doing that, but you're still only reaching your audience. So to reach new people, you need to be on their platform. So you mentioned using medium medium is good because different people you know, can find your article, however they found your article on Medium and they kept yeah. reading it and sharing it and whatever else. Um, so it's good to mix both because they work together. Going back to what we talked about when we first got on the call is that when you do something here and something there and something over here, it all goes together. Your content on your platforms help you get more content elsewhere. When you get content elsewhere, it brings people to you so you're growing your audience on your own platforms. There's so much back and forth and there's so much overlapping and that's why I suggest doing both. And I know it gets very time consuming, so that's where it is helpful to maybe hire a writer. I, need, I know with my blog posts, I'll do the SEO research myself and I'll give her the keywords and she'll kind of create a shell for me and I fill it in with my style and my stories and all of that. So she does, you know, I would say 75% of the work and I do the other 25% just to save me time because it is time consuming having to create so much different content for all these different places. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I just hired someone that is actually helping me with that. So um, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He just uh, sent me his first article um, based off my content like last week. So um, I'm on, I'm in the right direction. You are good job. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, and so let's let's get out of like the blogging world for a second because bloggers can get uh, their spot seen on other bloggers' websites mm -hmm. and like and that's like also SEO related and stuff like that. That's great. Like we heard a lot of, about that. How about like mainstream media? How how can a blogger get on a mainstream media site or like sounds like like show like TV show? Let's say. Or, yeah. No, and you totally you totally can. Again, it's just about being newsworthy it's not about promoting yourself and i can tell you that that's the biggest mistake that i saw when i was a reporter and i was getting emails all day every day from publicists and business owners and it would be like i'm soggy and i make some really cool looking graphics and it's really important if you're in business so 
you should bring me on to talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's too, it's way too promotional. Instead, some, some of your low hanging fruit are those, those silly days where it's like national logo day or national build a website day. You know, like there's always those days I know, um, with national Mac and cheese day, I have a client. It is a restaurant client and the restaurant is I heart Mac and cheese. It's like a Chipotle for Mac and cheese. And so we are shooting TV tonight. We're shooting TV next week because it's national Mac and cheese day. So look for those little stupid holidays and jump on them because it's very timely and you want to be timely. If you don't give a journalist a reason to do the story right now, then they're just going to put you on the back burner and they probably won't get to you. So when you are pitching mainstream media, you want to give a journalist or an editor or a reporter a reason to do the story now. So make that known in your pitch. That's number one. Um, Number one is actually don't be too promotional. So don't be too promotional. Make it timely. That'll be number two. And then um, number three will be to make it personal. And I say that because when I was on the receiving end of so many pitches, it was very clear that I was one of about 500 people receiving the exact same pitch as 500 other reporters at the exact same time. So if you would email me and say, Hey, Christina, I saw that you did a story about, you know, five things all business owners need to know in 2018. I would love to be considered for your next article. I am soggy and I do this and I could offer your readers value by sharing this, this, or this. So you're not just showing me that you know who I am. You're also showing me, you know what I've written about before and you're giving me future story ideas that are relevant to what I'm already writing about. So I'm more likely to go to you and say, oh, okay, Soggy, that's actually a really good idea. Give me, give me uh, some, some quotes on that so I can include you in the next story. And then something that also helps you is if you tell me, I would love to share this with my audience. It, when, so let me know when this is published so I can share it with my audience. Let me know okay. how to tag you. Because yeah. then you're telling me, oh my gosh, you're going to share my story with your audience and you're going to tag me. That's an incentive to use you and your quotes because you're going to get my stuff seen by more people. Yeah. Cool. So basically, yeah, like be of value. Uh, exactly. Like- it's, it's all about like, instead of coming in with the mindset of, I want this coverage because I want to promote myself. Obviously, yes, duh, of course. <laughs> but you can't be so obvious about it. So yeah. instead of coming at it like, I am going to do this to promote myself, you need to come at it with, I'm here to help you. How can I help you? And by helping me, you are promoting yourself. So, um, and I, I just want to um, kind of like, because what you said right now, up to now, I'm good. Like, I know this stuff, right? I have to be newsworthy. And I, but let's look at my, I think we need to kind of like look at my case for a second. Because again, like, I have two things going on. I have my design business and I have my, um, the, my online community of entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say I want to get coverage because my focus is growing this Facebook group, growing this community of mindful and ruthless and growing my content. Like, so, so I want to I brand myself as an entrepreneur um, and who's helping other entrepreneurs by sharing his journey and interviewing other great entrepreneurs. So, I mean, right now I'm not, I'm not so different uh, than any other Right. Like, like, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, what is your, what is it? That's when, remember at the very beginning, what is your goal? 
Why do you want to grow your Facebook group? Why do you want to teach entrepreneurs these things? What is your, what is your goal? Well, to help others right now uh, grow from their, uh, you know, from their pain points or like grow out of their pain points and, and thrive with their business. You got to get more specific because there's tons of entrepreneurs with tons of different pain points. I, I can, I can go uh, you know, I can reference back to the situation that I was in, like being in debt and like being an entrepreneur and being in debt. And like, that's a story that, you know, the re- regular entrepreneurial story. I that's say, a good because, story. And that's it, a good story idea. Well, you have to be timely about it. I think it's a great story because a lot of entrepreneurs, they do find themselves going into debt, trying yeah. to build their business. Now, one thing that will make it more newsworthy is if you had numbers, journalists love numbers. So okay. if you had statistics, you know, like the statistics, yeah. like, 80% of businesses fail in five years for this reason or whatever. If you could get hard statistics on business owners going into debt, that makes the story harder. There's hard news and soft news. Soft news is like featurey puppies playing in flowers. <laughs> That's harder stuff to get. Um, the hard news is it, it's just like a hard topic. And that's you yeah. know what you need the statistics for. So if you had a statistic on that, that would be great, not just for a business outlet, but for a money outlet, an entrepreneur outlet, a startup outlet. So you are reaching your audience and it's just about kind of, sometimes you got to tweak the angles. Like every angle that you pitch, it's not going to be a money outlet. Every angle that you pitch, it may not be good for startups. Maybe an angle is better for graphic design or branding. And and that's important because you always want to be thinking of, I would say every two to three weeks, you want a new story idea with a new angle because you can't pitch the same journalist with the same stuff over and over again. So this would be a great story and you can make it newsworthy. I understand what you're saying. When the way you just described it, it was a little vague. So, and, and it was a little common. So you just need more than that. So I would say find some current numbers. Mm-hmm. And then time it into maybe we've, we've got the end of the quarter coming up. So, you know, we're halfway through the year, leave 2018, go out with the bang, make more money, get out of debt. This is how you can get out of debt in the last quarter of the year. Here mm-hmm. are five mistakes I made that you don't have to make, you know, from somebody who's been there, done that. <laughs> so yeah. when you put hard statistics to it, and you give it a timetable, again, that gives the journalist a reason to do it now and it makes it more newsworthy. So you just have to almost get more specific with the pitch to yeah. make it more newsworthy instead of just how you can go from being in debt to being a successful business owner. It's too vague. And then journalists also, especially for online and print, they like the step-by-step. So five mistakes this successful business owner made when he was trying to get out of debt as a, as a new business owner that you don't have to make or five ways I did it to save you time, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that would, that would make it more newsworthy. Cool. So like any, so, so we talked about like giving statistics being like, you know, super accurate about like numbers, um, and also making it maybe like, uh, by steps or something like that, that you can build up. Um, and and now okay so let's say i want to i want to do this like i, I want to reach out for the media right um how do i start okay that's a great question because that's like everybody doesn't know where to begin yeah. there's a couple of different ways you can do this One is the Christian. easiest way <laughs> <laughs> the easiest way is to sign up for harrow so harrow it stands for help a reporter out oh okay. and 
Okay. You've heard of it. Yeah. This is great because you just get emails in your inbox three times a day from journalists. They already have their story. They already know what they're writing about, but they need that expert quote. Like we talked about, maybe yeah. somebody is looking, um, best ways to stay out of debt. Maybe somebody's looking for a story like that. And, and it covers everything from healthcare to entertainment, to travel. I mean, everything three times a day in your inbox. Yeah. And when you respond to these heroes, you want to answer the questions exactly like they ask them. This is not a time for you to promote yourself. Don't tell them, oh, by the way, I have a book. By the way, people yeah. can click here and book a session with me. Yeah. That will not help you. Okay. You need to answer the question exactly as it's asked. And then at the bottom of your answer, you want a little two to three sentence bio. Mm -hmm. Literally that short because you want to tell them, look, I'm an expert in this. You should use my quote because I'm an expert. And in these two to three sentences, I'm telling you why I'm an expert. And they're going to want to know how to title you. So they could say Christina Nicholson, TV host and PR agency owner, or Christina Nicholson. What, I mean, it depends on, on, you know, what the, what the query is about. So if I'm answering a question about media training, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to say I'm a TV host of 10 years. If I'm answering a question about Instagram influencers, I'm going to go with the PR agency owner. So okay. you, you do want to share why you're an expert and why you're answering that question. And if you do that three times a day, if you go through, there's probably about 60 queries from 60 different journalists. And if you go through those every day, yes, it's time consuming. You got to do it three times a day. <laughs> but if you do it, you will earn media coverage. And I suggest setting up Google alerts to do this because many times they won't get back to you to tell you they've used your content. So set up a Google alert for your proper name and your business name so you can get an alert if they are using your stuff. And then you can start slowly building up media hits that way. You can add a press page to your website that increases your credibility. You can add the logos on the bottom of your site share it on your social media. Again, make sure you tag the journalists, make sure you tag the outlet so they know you're sharing their content. Yeah. Um, same thing, like, like we were promoting this interview, Soggy, and I put it on my Twitter and my Instagram and I tagged you. Yeah. So you got a notification that I tagged you and you came back and you looked and you saw. So, yeah. you know, it, it really resonates with somebody when you share their content and they won't know you're sharing it unless you're tagging them. So that's cool. probably the easiest way you can start earning coverage is by signing up for Harrow, which is helping awesome. reporter out. So Google that. The other way is really just look at who's writing about your topic. Like again, go back to your goals. Um, we'll use Pat Flynn as an example. I was first on his podcast. Oh gosh, probably almost two years ago now. And when I, I wanted to reach out to him because I work with small business owners. I mentor them on how to be their own publicist and his audience is perfect for me. I thought I could add a lot of value. So yeah. when I pitched him, I didn't pitch him with an email because I remember him saying this was again, two years ago that he gets hundreds of emails a day and, um, that's hard to stand out in and hundreds yeah. of emails a day. And I did hear him say in an interview with somebody else that if somebody sent him a video, he would watch it because he doesn't get very many of those. So that's how I pitched him. I created a video and it was not even, it was probably two minutes, not three minutes long. It wasn't that long. And I, I told him I should be on your podcast. I think I could help your guests with this, this, and this. It's important that they know this information for this, this, and this reason. And I know all about it because I've been here and done that. Literally, that's all I did. And I sent it to him and it was a video. So it was a YouTube link and I sent him the link. 
And you know, on YouTube, you can see how many people watch your videos. So after a week or it was a week or two, I saw nobody watched it. Like it only had one view and that was me. So I sent him an email and I said, Hey, you have not watched this yet. I made a video for you. Come here and watch this. So then he watched it and he booked me on his show and people are shocked because one, I didn't write a long press release for some reason. That's everybody's go-to. They think they need to write a long press release to get coverage. Well, the good news is you don't because nobody reads those. They're long and they're boring and there's hundreds of emails in the inbox. Nobody has time to read your long, boring press release. So it was literally a two to three sentence email with a link to a podcast. And then another, another lesson learned here is that I booked his podcast on the follow-up. And most of the media that you earn when you do reach out to somebody, you will get it on the follow-up. Oh, I and love that you're saying that. <laughs> yes, you will always. I mean, it's almost like sales, right? <laughs> like when you're in your business, when you're trying to make a sale, sometimes it doesn't happen. You know, your first conversation, you need to follow up. You need to show that you're interested. So I use um, an extension on Chrome called Boomerang. And mm-hmm. I always said it whenever I send an email and I want to hear back from somebody, I usually go with a week. And if I don't get a response in a week, it comes back to my inbox. And that's my reminder to follow up again. And I will follow up with that same email four or five times. And if I still don't get anything back, I'll change what the email says on the inside and I'll change the subject line. And it's really just a matter of doing that over and over again. Um, So I would just say that was like a really long winded answer to how do you That was a very good one. (laughs) But I would just say, Look at, look at the content you're consuming. Is that where you want to be? Where, where is your audience? I say the content you're consuming because if you're in the service industry, usually what you consume is where your audience is. I know that's true for me. That's also true for you, Soggy. So I would say look at where your audience is and where do you, where do you want to be? How, how can you reach them? Earning media like this, it's the quickest way to reach the most amount of people and you don't need to pay for it because it's not yeah. advertising. It's free. Um, I can tell you looking at some of the business that I've done, whether they be agency clients or mentoring clients, I can track some of them. I can track to exactly how they came in. And nine times out of 10, most of my clients come from me treating myself as a, as my own client. And it's my earned media. It's me being seen on a podcast or somebody saw my article in ink or somebody saw me promote their competition. And they, they were like, oh, you're promoting, they're, you're promoting them. Are you working with them? And I'm like, oh, no, that was just part of something I was doing. Okay, well, we want you to do that for us. And then they become a client of mine. So, I mean, there really is no faster way to reach more people than earning media. Cool. So, basically, you pitch, you pitch them like that. And so now, like, have you ever seen any entrepreneurs on, um, on TV? Like, like any, like any of your clients maybe, or like any, anybody who's like a blogger or like a content maker, um, content creator on TV? Yes. And, and it is easy. Let me tell you the kind of TV that's best for people like that um, is the local news. So everybody wants national news, but like, I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but nobody's going to put you on national TV if you have not been on local TV. So you do need to okay. start small and work your way up, especially in this. Okay. You're not going to make national TV if, if they don't know how you're going to behave and how you're going to act and how you're going to handle an uh-huh. interview. So cool. with local news, especially in, in this industry that we're in, again, it's not hard news. We're not going to lead the five o'clock or six o'clock newscast. So if you want to make it on the news, I suggest you pitch the morning shows, which are 
a little bit more well-rounded. They do a mixture of hard news and, and more lifestyle stuff and the weekend morning or afternoon shows and then the weekday morning or afternoon shows. That's what's going to be best for you. Um, I was just on the number one NBC station in Florida last week and it wasn't for a client. I was actually hired as a spokesperson because uh -huh. this brand did not have a spokesperson and they, they were a product business. They weren't a service-based business, but their product was dresses. They had this online store for bridesmaid dresses. So right. I, they said, you know, can you get us on this station and can you, can you host the segment? And I said, okay, well, we just had a big royal wedding. How about if we do something like dress like the guests at the royal wedding? And then we choose looks that look the same because it's very timely. And they said, oh, that won't work because we don't have like those looks. We just, we can't replicate them because we don't have anything that looks like what they wore. So I said, okay, well then let's see, what else can we do? How about it's summertime. Lots of people are getting married in the summer. Here are some of the latest trends to wear if you are in a wedding or if you are a guest at a wedding. And they said, okay, yeah, that'll work. So we pulled four different looks and I got three different models to do a little fashion show on TV. It was a three minute segment and the brand was linked on the website. We said their name on air. They got um, the lower third, the little graphic you see at the bottom. They got their name there. And again, they earned that exposure. Would have cost them thousands and thousands of dollars in advertising, but it was all free because we came up with a creative story and a visual way to share it. And again, that was the 11 a.m. show on a weekday. So we reached out to the producer who put together the 11 a.m. show. A lot of times that stuff isn't online, but what is online is different contact information. So you could call a TV station and you can ask um, who does, who, who's in charge of producing your 11 a.m. show? I'd like to send a pitch. Who do I email for that? Um, and then you can also find out a lot of the show information online. You want to make sure you do your homework first because a lot of people, they just pitch blindly and they have no idea who they're pitching or what they're saying or if there's even a newscast. So, you know, we all know how to Google things. <laughs> so it makes it super easy to find that information out. Um, but yeah, TV, TV is something I like the most. I mean, obviously that's my background. I was a reporter and anchor for over 10 years. Yeah. So, um, obviously you, you have less of a chance to get on TV just because there's only, you know, three, four, five TV stations in a market. So you only have so many opportunities. You have a lot more opportunities online. Um, but the good news is, is whether you're on TV or in print, everything ends up online anyway. So, um, there's definitely opportunities there. Again, it's just the angle you pitch it with and who you pitch and when you pitch. Cool. And like, so you, you got into a lot of things that are really interesting to me. I'm going to challenge you for a second, um, and ask you, I'm from Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I, my, my audience is in the U S so okay. I don't have like this kind of like local place to, to pitch. Right. Or do you have any suggestions on that end? Yeah, for you, TV would not be your thing because you're not here locally. You don't have a local market. So yeah. for you, you just would bypass TV and you would go straight to online. Straight to because online. That, that's where your audience is. You work with them online because you're in Israel. So, yeah. and the truth of the matter is, is online's the best place to be today. Not just because that's where everybody is, that's where everybody's getting their content, but because when you are covered online and you do get those link backs, it helps with your SEO. Yeah. So do you, do you think like for any entrepreneur, it's better and easier to just stay online and not go for with TV? I think 
online is good for those reasons I just said, uh -huh. but print and TV are good as well, just because they're a little harder to get. And because it's still traditional media, people look at it in a different way. They see more credibility and more authority if you are on TV. Because again, while we're all getting our stuff online, while we're all, you know, hoping for those link backs to boost our SEO, anybody can put anything online, but not anybody can get on TV. Not anybody can get in print, mm -hmm. you know? So there's just a little bit more credibility that comes with being seen on TV or being in print. And when you are on TV or you are in print, they put that online anyway. So you're almost, you know, killing two birds with one stone. When you're on TV, you're also online. When you're in print, you're also online. So it does help with that credibility. So for example, I've had a client on the Today Show and the Rachel Ray Show. When they share that they've been on those, those platforms, they're not sharing the online article that's linked to the TV segment. They're sharing the video because there's just something very different about being able to sit in your house and turn on the TV and see somebody you know. For the same reason, anybody can, can create a website and put anything online, but when it's on TV, it just resonates differently and it gives you more credibility. But it's definitely not a deal breaker. There are many, many, many successful people in business who don't earn TV segments. They're online, but they're on prominent websites. You know, like again, when we go back to your goals and where you want to be, do you want to be on your neighbor's blog who, you know, he that gets no visitors. Maybe it's his parents who visit his blog and that's it. Or do you want to be in ink.com? So it's all just a matter of, of really looking at quality over quantity and, um, targeting your audience. And again, when we talk about targeting your audience, I had a client on the today show, which is huge. Millions and millions of people watch that. It's like huge credibility, but they were more excited when I got them in runner's world magazine because their brand was targeted towards runners. There's lots of people who watch the today show who aren't runners, but that having that today show logo is impressive to yeah. people who see it and it adds their credibility. So again, there's lots of overlap. Yeah. I see. It's like, I see how that like being like on TV and stuff like builds credibility better. And then you can have that little logo on your website, just like above the main piece and Hey, you know, I'm a big shot. Um, so yeah, it sounds, it sounds good. And, um, in terms of like, there's something that you just said, like, you don't have to really go with the big ones. You can go niche and, and small, small ones. I know you have opinions about that, about like, you know, reaching out for like big influencers with big numbers and, um, in, you know, versus reaching to influencers with smaller numbers. Um, because most people think, hey, I'd go with this influencer that has the most numbers. Then you have some good news about that, right? Yeah. So, well, traditional media wise, I said, I use the today show and runner's world as an example. Yeah. These guys are going to see, even though a lot fewer people read runner's world, more people watch the today show when it comes to ROI, it's going to be like this because runner's yeah. world is a lot more targeted. So the same can be said for influencers. So many people want to be social media influencers today, right? Because yeah. We look at the way the Kardashians live their lives and it's just so amazing because they get paid tons of money to post something on Instagram. For that reason, there are many people who are finding shortcuts to take and all they're looking at are their numbers. And even the big brands are making this mistake. I know when I look at influencer marketing opportunities, a question, the first question almost that's always asked is, how many followers do you have? And it bothers me to no end because it's like, 
oh, you want somebody with 50,000 followers to do this? Well, I can get online and buy 50,000 fake followers for 50 bucks. So then you're going to pay me because I have all those followers. It's almost like they only care about the numbers, but they don't care about the ROI. And when it comes to earning media, yes, it's impressive. Yes, it boosts your credibility and your authority and all of that. But at the end of the day, if it's not turning into dollars, if it's not growing your business, then what is the point? So I'll give you an example. I mentioned I have, um, I have a few restaurant clients and I love, um, Sir, I love businesses where it's a restaurant or it's a hotel or it's a spa where you can really experience things because those are great for influencers to come in and promote. So I was hosting an influencer at lunch and I had one influencer with 30,000 followers on Instagram and I had another with 3,000. And I said, look, I don't have a budget to pay any of y'all, but we're all friends. We all get along. It'll be a fun lunch. We'll feed you all for free. Have a nice lunch out, whatever. Yeah. The one with 30,000 followers said, I am only going to post if you pay me $300. That is my rate. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, let me know why that's your rate. Like, why should my client pay you $300 for a post? And she replied with just her numbers. Well, I have this many followers here and this many followers here and this many followers here. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but still, why do you deserve $300? Like she just kept repeating her numbers to me and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And when you looked at her engagement, um, 30,000 followers, maybe she got a hundred, 200 likes on a picture and maybe like three to five comments, uh -huh. not a ton of engagement for having 30,000 followers. Right. Yeah. I have this other influencer with 3000 followers, which to me, you would think stereotypically, Oh, 3000 followers. That's not an influencer. But then you look at her engagement, she would get almost a thousand comments for an image and wow. or I'm sorry, a thousand likes nice. for an image and wow. hundreds of comments. Wow. So this one with 3000 followers who is willing to post and share my client for, you know, in exchange for a meal a day out is free really compared to the one with 30,000. So that's why that is like, the long story on why you should not look at somebody's numbers. You need to look at their engagement and their quality of engagement. The one with 3000 followers, her comments were a direct reflection of what she was posting. You know, they were talking specifically about her picture or her caption. Yeah. The one that was only getting three to five comments, they were like smiley emojis. They were like the little like, Oh, love this thumbs up could have been automated by, you know, one of those robots yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. So when you are looking to work with influencers, cause I do believe you should mix traditional media with new media. Mm -hmm. That's just something to pay attention to. Don't look at the number and think, Oh, they've got big numbers. They're, they're really going to do it for me. You need to spend a little bit more time. And again, this is why so many big brands are making the mistake. They're not spending the time to look at who is actually following these people, but you should. Look at yeah. who is following these people. What are they saying? How are they acting online? And ask yourself, will I get an ROI from this? And if you think you will, then you should work with that person or you should spend the time and energy pitching that outlet, whatever it may be. Okay, cool. So I like in terms of Instagram, just talking about Instagram, by the way, you have like uh, 13K on Instagram, right? Uh, yeah, around there. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, you, you have a huge following on Instagram. Um, how like, how did you get so much like influence there? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, 
I think, I think the biggest thing on Instagram and I'm not an Instagram, Instagram expert. I mean, 13,000 is like nothing compared to a lot of people. Um, but I can tell you a pet peeve of mine. I, I no longer manage social media for clients because I started to get just too bothered by what they would focus on. Uh-huh. People think everything is about posting. Like they treat social media as a billboard. They're not social. They just post and then they leave and they think I posted this amazing thing. People are going to come. It doesn't work like that. You actually have to be social. So when I see the biggest growth on my social media, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, Facebook is different because the whole algorithm thing. So we won't go there, but Twitter or Instagram, it's because I'm taking time to tag other people, to follow other people, to like other people's images, to comment and to actually be social. So if you do want to grow your, and again, people don't take the time to do that because it takes a lot of time, right? It's easier and it's more fun to post something and leave it. But if you do want to see a growth, you need to get on people's radar. You need to let them know that you exist. And they're not going to do that if you're not following, liking, commenting, sharing, retweeting. They're not going to know you're there. So you do need to be social. And again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, if this is something that you need to schedule, like for this half hour, I'm going to go on Instagram and I am going to interact with people who follow Soggy because Soggy works with my audience. So I'm going to, to interact with people who follow him. So they'll know who I am and then they'll come back and follow me. That's what you really need to take time doing. And so many people don't do it because again, it takes time. Um, and that's why people end up buying the fake followers. So they look influential, but they're not really. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's when I see the biggest growth and obviously I'm not, I'm not really, consistent with it just because I have different priorities at different times in my business. But when I do see spikes of growth, it's because I'm, you know, I'm in the waiting room at a doctor's office and I have like an extra hour. So like, I'm like, Oh, let me talk (laughs) to this person. Let me do this. And then you start seeing the numbers. Um, and so cool. So we talked about like, um, like about like how to get in the media, like, I, I wrote a few a few a few comments about that, like things to maybe kind of like um, so. Okay, um, do you have any any tips for so like when you pitch the media right and stuff like that? Do you have like any any kind of like um, template of how it should go like or something like that? Yeah, keep it short and sweet and to the point. <clears throat> Again, mm-hmm. don't write a big long press release. Keep it. Super sweet and to the point. Don't write a big, long press release. Nobody has time to open up their inbox and read a big, long press release. I told you how I got on Pat's podcast a couple of years ago. It was two sentences linking to a video. So don't, don't think, you know, especially on, on TV, but really in any form of media, you're talking to another person. It's their job to just tell a story. So if you can give them the quick, easy, hey, I'm soggy. This is what I can offer you. Let me know if you're interested. That's really all you need to do. People make the mistake of overanalyzing. They want to share their life story. They want to they share why they're so amazing at what they do. The person on the other end does not care about your life story. They have a job to create content and get it out to their audience as quickly yeah. as possible. So you want to make your pitch short, sweet, and to the point. Who you are, actually get to who you are later because they don't care who you are right off the bat. You want to start with, how you can help them do their job. If you're writing a story about this, I can help you. Here is how. This is who I am. Let me know if you're interested. 
So basically you say the who comes later on, not like as a director. Because yeah, because you got to think they're getting hundreds of emails from people. They don't care who you are, but if you can help them, then they'll care who you are. So tell them how you can help them first. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Um, And like in terms of you, you mentioned like building a press page on a website. So that's, I think that's a great tip that I, I should like, I didn't think about it. Like, I don't know why I have this like media kit, like of my of pictures of me, but I don't have like some kind of like press page on my website. So I probably should because I'm working on a website right now. So it's a good yeah, thing. I mean, yeah. if, you've been, if you've been featured in a few different places, you should definitely pull those logos and even maybe the page is as seen on or featured in or something like that. Because I get a lot of people asking me how they can become verified on Twitter or Instagram. Instagram's the big one. And the biggest factor in getting verified on Instagram is having a bunch of media hits about you. This person's talking about you. This person's talking about you. When there are high level outlets talking about you that you're being quoted in, that you're being featured in, that's what's going to get you verified. So it would be nice if you had a dedicated section on your website where you could highlight it all, copy and click it over to somewhere else. Or when somebody say they're looking for a graphic designer, they're looking at Soggy's site and they're looking at somebody else's site and Soggy has all of these media mentions and this other person doesn't have them there. They're going to go with you because you look a lot more credible. You look a lot more advanced and you're like the the go-to guy in your industry. So you definitely want to make sure that when you are getting these, these media hits that you're sharing them, not just on your website, but on your social media, like put them in the queue. Like once every two weeks, you see it. It's a constantly moving feed. So you definitely want to be oversharing. All right, just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode yeah yeah i think that's that's a great point um like put them in over sharing that's a that's a nice <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i overshare things like crazy on social media because <laughs> you know, just going about, right like it's constantly moving i think a tweet yeah. lasts 20 minutes and then it's gone you know insta <laughs> stories are, are 24 hours and then they're gone the facebook algorithm nobody sees your stuff yeah. so i i use a smarter cue which it's evergreen. I put something in there and it, it starts at the top and say I have a hundred things loaded, whatever mm-hmm. I put at the top after the 100 things goes through, we're back again. So I'm constantly sharing the same stuff over and over again, but people really aren't seeing it every time I share it because of when they log online, because of the algorithm, because it's been two months. And if they did see it, they've forgotten by now. So you should always be sharing your stuff multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the tool SmarterQ. It's a tool? SmarterQ, yeah. So that's the social media scheduler that I use. And I like it because I post things evergreen. I post okay. it once and I just keep adding to the queue. And then when it gets to the bottom, it'll start at top again. Cool. So it's not, I used to, before I would do this, like once a month, I would schedule all my social media for the, the next month. I don't have to do that anymore. It's such a time saver. 
Nice. Yeah, love it. Nice. And and you do smarter bats like Veronica. It's smarter and then Q. Not Q like the letter, like Q U E U E. Smarter Q. All right. So I know we're like we're uh, nearing the end of the episode. So um, how about we skip to the lightning round? Ooh. Okay. All right. Lightning round. So. Are there any books, articles, YouTube videos, or channels that you find super interesting and you'd like to recommend? Oh my gosh, so many. This is what I'm reading now. It is the 12-week huh. year. I am loving this because it is about treating 12 weeks like it's a year. It's really good for goal setting and just being more organized and getting things in place to achieve your goals in 12 week chunks that are broken down week by week. So it's really good for any business owner. I'm loving that book right now. Um, and then I, I, I like consuming content that is good for my audience because I really am, you know, my audience. So, um, I, I want to get more, I mean, I'm starting a podcast soon, so I'm, I'm, I'm liking listening to podcasts. Obviously we're big fans of smart passive income. I actually started listening to that one before I was even in business. I started a blog as a side hustle and I was like, Ooh, this will help me build my blog. And now look at me now. So, uh, that book is what I'm reading now. And I like, I, I love smart passive income podcast as well. Cool. Okay. So, all right. So upcoming, uh, question. Any tools that you like to recommend and we don't already know yet, like SmarterQ? Right. Okay. SmarterQ. And then I would say Google Calendar. I mean, I know that's not like a new sexy tool, but it is something that I started using really just not even a year ago, less than a year ago. Before I would just do like old school pen and paper, but Google Calendar, it's like everything. And then when you color code it to like the different things that you do in your business. It's super helpful. I could not live without Google calendar. Um, that would probably be the biggest one. Smarter Q keeps me tuned into social media all day, every day without me really being there. Um, so I, I really like like those two tools. I mean, I could go on and on, but I'll just keep <laughs> Cool. Cool. So basically I really like if I, like I, I find you like walking in the street, like, like shopping and I'm like, wait, Christina, what are your two tools? And you're like Google calendar and smarter Q, right? Yes. And you would like, never find me shopping in the street because I'm an Amazon prime girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, me coming from Israel and all like, look at me, this Israeli that has to go shopping. <laughs> we don't have Amazon prime, everything. Like if I order from Amazon, you probably will get here by like, I don't know, like a month. And if it oh, goes, no. uh, then it, it might get lost in the mail because the Israeli mail sucks so bad. Um, so they lose packages. And, and then like, even if I do get it, I'll probably, uh, I might get taxed like crazy. Just because oh, Lord. Okay, then go shopping. You, you need to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm in, I'm in the US, I order like tons of, we Israelis, we order tons of Amazons. Like if you see like tons of Amazon packages on a door, you know, an Israeli is there. Like, Soggy's visiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So cool. Cool. And, um, all right. So finally, last question, like where can we all find you and, and start, you know, cut to connect with you and follow you around? Okay. Well, um, on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Christina all day. Um, and then you can also find me my website. You can either go to Christina Nicholson.com or media maven and more.com. And I would like to give everybody listening my ebook for free. So Yay. if you do want to learn more about, earning publicity. I go um, into detail on how I've earned different clients publicity using different strategies, some on which I touched on today. So if you do want to grab that ebook for free, you can go to 
mediamavenandmore.com slash standout. Dot com slash standout. Now, do you have any suggestions to get big clients when one is just starting his business? Basically, that's not a PR question, not related to the, this topic like right now. Um, but do you want to do, do you want maybe shoot like just like a um, one minute? And, and I get the same question in PR. Like everybody thinks they're not ready for PR. Like my business isn't big enough or I don't have this or I'm not ready. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're ready for business and you're ready to make money, you're ready. So just do it. Like you, you, what's the question? How to get clients when you're not a big business or you're not, yeah. I mean, just do it. You operate the same way you, I mean, I know people who have made six figures without a website. Like, <laughs> You just need to sell something. That's business. It's the exchange of me doing something for you or giving you something for money. So just what value do you offer? How can you help this person? Sell it to them, take the money and, and, and deliver your service or deliver your product. I mean, it's not, it's really not that complicated. If you're ready to make money, then just sell your service, sell your product make that customer, that client as happy as you can be so they can give you referrals. I mean, you, you do it the same way today as you would in 10 years with $10 million, you would do it the exact same way. You may not have all the bells and whistles and the pretty website and this and that, but you don't need all of that to make money. Yeah, totally. And also uh, just to mention that I wrote a full on article on that. It's called how to get audience when you don't have any, uh, any audience yet. And I share how I started awesome. getting clients as a freelance designer. And it goes by something I call the circle method. Uh, it's a very long, that's the article that I said that got 25K views mm -hmm. on Medium. Cool. So, Christina, thanks so much. Like, no I really problem. appreciate it. Uh, I think it was a great session. I learned a lot from you. I even took oh, notes, uh, which uh, like, I, I, as much as I could, I took notes and, and I got some pretty, really solid stuff. Also like, you know, strategic on a strategic level, also on the like tactics level. So I'm actually going to try some of your tools and going to really like dig in like to, to, I'm going to have my press page on the website. Thanks so much. Oh, good. Thanks Thank you. Time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for following up to get me here. Of course. <laughs> Anytime. Like, and, and everybody have a great day, night, wherever you're around the world. So, and we'll catch you on next week. <laughs> And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love if you could help me out and please rate this on iTunes. This is a new podcast, so reviews on iTunes go a long way and also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it. You only have to do this once, not every episode, and it has a tremendous impact. Also, if you haven't yet, I would love to invite you to join the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, where I host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community. This will be a chance for me to get to know you better and I love connecting with my audience. Alright, so until next time, remember to be mindful and ruthless. Ruthless with your gut feeling. Ruthless with your journey. Don't let anybody take you off your path, my friend. Keep on and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace! Now one thing that will make it more newsworthy is if you had numbers. I mean, there really is no faster way to reach more people than earning media. You know, your first conversation, you need to follow up. You need to show that you're interested. 